0: Sports Podcast. And McAllister down the left field line! Connor Tate is going to round third, he will score! And rounding third is lock. he will score! And the Dogs rock it off! If you're looking for the latest Georgia Bulldog news in football, basketball, baseball, and recruiting, then you are in the right place. Then you are in the right, in the right, right place. place. It's third down. Bryce Young's career, he need 10, play clock at four. From the pocket, launching downfield, underthrown and intercepted. Kaylee Ringo has an escort down the sidelines. All the way to the end zone, and Georgia is going to conquer the Crimson Tide. Hosted by Jeremiah Stoddard and Jonathan Williams. Georgia on the mountaintop. Demons be gone, and the drought is over. National champions at long last. Just sit back, relax, and prepare yourself for these hot takes you're about to listen to.
1: All right, welcome back to another episode of Classic City Sports. As always, Jeremiah Stoddard and Jonathan Williams. And if you just listened to that intro right there, you heard it begin with McAllister down the line. Well, guess what? We got Josh McAllister on the podcast today. Got to talk a little bit about uh, some Georgia baseball uh, coaching changes coming on. I think everybody, kind, I think a lot of people kind of saw the change coming with uh, Scott Strickland this year. Um, just kind of seemed like things got a little stagnant. We'll get into that kind of stuff and the new hire there. I'm going to talk some NIL stuff because there's a lot of stuff circulating right now with NCAA football 24 coming out next year, um, and there's all the NIL side of that that's being talked about, in the the players' association uh, kind of getting in on that a little bit. And so we're going to talk about that, and then if we got time, we got a little bit of a fun segment at the end that I'll tease y'all with um, as well. But so stick around for that in a little bit. But Josh, appreciate
2: you having you on the show. How you feeling, brother? Absolutely, dude. Again. Um you know, last year when you called me or last summer when you finally texted me after I've been blowing <laughs> y'all up, uh, it was so much fun to come on. And, you know, I'm just blessed. Uh, you know, we kept this friendship and, and this dialogue going and you guys decided to, to bring me back on. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, uh, you're welcome anytime, by the way. You've got my phone number. You can shoot it. T- if you if you I, right. I, I, I think uh, JJ Frazier did that to me one day because I've had we've had him on the show a couple of times and stuff. And one uh-huh. day he just texted me was like, bro. I got some stuff to talk about. I need to kind of I was like, come on. So yeah. same invite for you anytime that you want to come Understood. on. You know you know where how to reach me and how to get on here. Um, it's always always open. Uh, but Jonathan, uh, let's jump straight into this. How we feeling? Uh, obviously we've got the the coaching change coming. Uh, Georgia you got Wes Johnson coming he was LSU's pitching coach coming on to take over for Scott Strickland Uh, I think it's personally before I send it over to you it's a pitching coach right and one thing that Georgia has needed some help in that department of was pitching this year Uh, in the past couple of seasons outside of the you know the COVID year you had plenty of pitchers that year and then obviously got shut down I mean you had some you know first round draft pick kind of pitchers going on Uh, so things kind of fell apart after that Uh, recruiting wise I feel like that could be a good area for him to start. I don't know how, you, how you're feeling about that.
3: Well, you know, it's so different between, like, college baseball and college football because when, like, big-time coaching positions open up like Georgia's football head coaching spot did a few years ago in 2016, like, everybody knows the names that are circulating through that position. Guys that are being interviewed, guys that they're looking at, you know, Tom Herman was in the mix for a while, and then Kirby Smart's name gets put in the mix. Like, you know – who is being interviewed for that position, you know who your potential candidates are. But with college baseball, it's very different. One, there's a lot of teams in the mix. There's so many coaches spread across the nation. And so you really don't get that information of like, who is Georgia necessarily targeting? It's just a lot of guys in the media saying like, this is who I think they should go after. So then they hire Wes Johnson. Like I said, it's just kind of out of the blue. Nobody knows it's it's really happening. And so, I, I mean, my natural reaction was like, Let's just Google him. Let's see what pops up when you Google Wes Johnson and you see that he's the pitching coach at LSU. But there's so much more history to this guy, and there's a lot of good history with this guy. He's been in the SEC for a very long time, Mississippi State, Arkansas, and LSU. He also had a stint with the Minnesota Twins. In those two years that he was with the Minnesota Twins, they won back-to-back division titles. He was also the first college coach to ever make the jump straight to the major leagues without having any other prior like experience in the major leagues he just went college to the MLB first coach ever in major league history so that's Pretty telling of what people in the baseball world think about Wes Johnson. He was a pitching coach in Minnesota, and 2020 had the um, AL Cy Young runner-up on his squad. So he's, he has a lot of experience. He has a lot of history to his name when it comes to developing pitchers. I think he's had 30 guys taken in the uh, MLB draft that are pitchers. This year He's he has a guy – I know his last name is Skeens or Schemes for LSU. Many have named him the National Pitcher of the Year. He's going to be a first-round pick. So he, he's probably, he probably going to win the Golden Spikes Award. Yeah, the, he's definitely probably going to win the Golden Spikes Award as well. So he has a lot of big-time names to his name as well, guys that aren't on his resume. And that's the thing with him but that I that sticks out to me most about Wes Johnson is that his resume is just littered with a lot of success. A lot of success as a college coach, whether it's his team succeeding or just him personally at his position coach um, standpoint, him succeeding there as well. So a great resume for Wes Johnson.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and Josh, I want to give you a chance to talk because you you played for for Scott Strickland. So I want to give you the chance to kind of talk about that and like the experience being in the locker room with him, um, kind of coaching. I know it's probably, you know, a, a not necessarily the happiest thing to see a coach that you played for right. get fired like that. I know uh, Cole Wilcox, one of your teammates, he talked about it on Twitter, you know, how great of a guy he was, all that kind of stuff. So I want to give you a chance to kind of talk about, you know, your experience playing under him. And then, uh, talk to us about how you feel about, you know, the decision they made going with Wes
2: Johnson. Right. Well, this is, and never will I bash coach Strickland for, for anything because without coach Strickland, I don't, I don't know. I don't know y'all. I don't know what, what it's like to wear the G. I don't know what it's like to play at Foley field because I had no business. He had no business taking a chance on me. And for some reason, uh, somebody got in his ear and he was like, sure, you can, you, you can come out. And, um, I formed a good relationship with Strickland. I wasn't, I wasn't the best, uh, the best, I don't, I don't want to say, I don't know how I want to say this. I could be tough to coach sometimes. I I, I know that. And, you know, he, he, he kicked me out. He kicked me in the ass a couple of times, you know, well-deserved. Um, but he built the foundation. I kind of, when this all happened, you know, the past couple of years and it started brewing, and you're like, what, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, him and I, I hate to do this, but him and Mark Rick, man, they built the foundation, and it ju- it just gonna it's just gonna take someone else to push them over that foundation. Yep. Tw- the COVID year, man, absolutely screwed Strickland. I mean, look look at the dudes on that team, man. You're going down to Florida. It's one versus two. They're play they were playing. I mean, I just feels I feel for Coach Strickland. Because that COVID year, he was going to do it. That was his ceiling to break through, yep. right? And then after COVID, all those guys left. All of them left, man. Shepard, Hancock, Wilcox, um, you know, down the line, down the line. Just, just dudes out the door. Um, but playing for Strickland was awesome because he gave me that chance. And then he gave me another chance by allowing me to play. So, like I said... I think he built a great foundation at the University of Georgia. And I just think it's going to take that next guy to push Georgia over the finish line and, and become that top national program every year, like in Arkansas, like in LSU. And what better guy to go get than a guy who knows yep. what he's doing? He is a professional. He's been a professional. And what I I don't wanna I don't wanna bash any of my teammates. I don't wanna bash any of my coaches. But I mean, if you look at Georgia the past three, three years. If, if we just had two, three more pitchers, just two, three more, or, or they developed two, three more guys with the lineups that we had, I mean, it, it, it's it's almost – it's kind of crazy to look back. You're like, dang, we were this close, right, this close, and we just need that guy to push Georgia baseball over the finish line. And, again, I love Josh Brooks. I, I love Josh Brooks. I mean, he knows what he's doing. He went out and he yeah, got yeah. a guy – Josh Burke come to a lot of baseball games and he sees exactly what I saw, man. It's the what is the one thing George's been missing? It's pitching. Not bashing any of my teammates. I love them all, the friends with them all. Just you need that guy to push you over the finish line. I think uh Johnson Johnson's gonna be that guy. I think I think it's fantastic. And, and I did exactly what Jonathan did. I didn't know who he was. So what I do, man, I just hit Google. Looked at his resume. You left off, uh, not that you left off, but DBU. Dude, DBU is a no, great no, no. program. Great program. And he's kind of he was there. Uh, 2012, I think I saw, and that's when DBU really started to build and build and build. And now they're a postseason, they're a postseason program. You know, maybe not year in and year out, but I mean, every couple of years, DBU makes mm-hmm. a push um, in the in the NCAA regionals. So, um, couldn't be more happier. I think Josh Brooks crushed it. Uh, shout out, Coach Strickland. Shout out, Coach Strickland, man, I love you. Um, uh, and that, yeah, man, I just, I think it's just gonna take that next guy, push it over the finish line.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you made a – first of all, I want to start off by saying uh, Strickland definitely had a, had some reason to take a chance on a kid like you uh, because you definitely came in and produced when you got here. Um, actually, I think we've talked about this before. Your first collegiate home run was at Georgia once you got here. So you you turned it on when you got here. So you made him look like he was he was doing I, something right there.
2: I made him look like a superstar, man. Unreal.
1: <laughs> Unreal so it definitely worked out he took the chance uh like you said and it, it definitely paid off for both parties once it was all said and done i think nobody had any uh uh you know negative feeling towards it once it all played out i think everybody was good with it and then uh, i think you made a really really good comparison because this is kind of how i've looked at it as well uh when you talk about like mark rick and the same type of thing right you had mark rick for 15 years you had strickland for 10 years they both had a year where they could have broken through that ceiling, right? right? You had 2012 was Georgia football's chance with Mark Rick, and they were about five yards short from getting to go to a national championship game First, against Notre Dame, who <laughs> no no chance Notre Dame beat Georgia that year, just like they had no chance against Alabama that year. So Mark Rick would have gotten that. I, I, he would have got that national championship. He needed five more yards in the SEC championship against Alabama that year and didn't just, quite get against- there.
2: A dynasty at the time. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, the, yeah. the best of the best. Arguably yeah. some of the best college football teams ever in your five yards. I mean, just a gut punch. Just a gut yeah. punch. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: absolutely kind of tore you apart. But then after that, and this is why I think it's such a good comparison, is after that, it, it, you get 2013, you don't really do anything. 2014 comes around, don't really do anything. Oh. 2015 comes around, and it, you're you're really not doing anything. Like it, and, you're just you're, kind of backsliding,
2: right. and that's that's what
1: happened with Georgia baseball. You had 2020, you know, the COVID year, and everything was it, it was looking really good. Everything was looking like it was your chance, you know. And then everything shut down. You had three solid starters uh, on your pitching uh, staff that, and that's what you need in college fo- college baseball. You need three guys to go out there for your weekend series that are absolute studs. And you had, uh, like you said, Hancock. Cole Wilcox and CJ Smith were your one, two, three. And those dudes were absolutely throwing and and just lighting people up. And then all of a sudden COVID shuts the year down or shuts the season down. Those two or two of those guys leave. I think CJ was here for one more year, Mm -hmm. uh, but there was uh, nobody else really in that rotation with CJ at that point. And then it just kind of backslides. You know, you get 21, Mm -hmm. 22, and now 23, where each year you've taken an extra step back and just can't quite put it together. Like you said, too, you had so many sluggers on the roster. You never struggled to score runs. There, like, if there was a game that Georgia didn't score at
2: least five runs, it, it was like few and far I between. I think on a consistent basis, I think we put up a lot of runs. Yeah. You know, you're going to have those the time where you score two runs or, you know, you get shut out. Like, that, that's the game of baseball. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But game. those.
1: Those were few and far between over the past three seasons for Georgia baseball. They they've scored plenty of runs. And the problem is on the flip side, you've got, you know, your pitching staff consistently was given up five, six runs a game. And that's that's hard to win like that. It's, it, it's,
2: it's tough hard. to play. I don't mean to cut you off. It's just tough to go play ahead. sometimes when you don't feel safe with, you know, a four run lead. You got two innings going, you're like, not yeah. not. It's not, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. (laughs) Like that feeling, that's one of the worst feelings. You're like, you just know you're like, they're going to break through. They're going to break the dam. And then you're up four. Now you're down two. And and it's like that. And it's like that. That's the craziest part about playing at what was playing is you could go up, you could go up six like that, or you could blow six like that before you turn your head. You're like, what is going on? You know? So that well, great.
1: all it takes, and th- I think that's what makes it so important for you to have those those starting pitchers, those top three starting pitchers, because if you have those solid starting pitchers, they're going six, seven innings, and maybe even giving you eight innings. Right. Then you only have to go to your bullpen for two, maybe three innings, and it makes it to where you only have to take two or three guys out of your pen to close that game out. When you have to go with four or five guys out of your pen one of those guys is going to have a bad day. I always say it about the Braves. I hate when they have to do like a bullpen game and they start the game and then like you go through seven pitchers and it's one of those guys is going to have a bad day.
2: Yeah, it's just not his day.
1: It, it's a crapshoot. You know, at, at that point, like whenever you have to pull that many arms out of the pen, you know somebody's going to not have a great day. And it is what it's like. They you, they might come out tomorrow and shut them down. One, two, three innings, strike out the side, that kind of thing. But that one day when you pull that many arms out of the pen, it, it's, it's
2: tough. Another thing when I was there, and I I have never seen this until I until I got to Georgia. I don't know if I was just uh, ignorant or I just was not paying attention. But at Georgia, right? So you lose Wilcox, you lose Hankins. Next year, right? Ryan Webb is one of the best closers in the SEC in the country. Right? He's a closer, yeah. and then he comes out and he's a starter. Now he was good, right? But that's a big jump to go from I'm pitching two innings for my first two years of college. And now I'm expected to go. You know, like you're saying, six, seven. Can you give me eight? And I think at Georgia, it was all right. I need someone out of the pen. You're you're starting, and I and I was like, first of all, their their arms aren't used to it. Right. I mean, Georgia. I mean, we had five to seven Tommy Johns when I was there. Mm. Right. Yep. They're over, overworking their arm all over the country. Right. But I think I think it's something to look at. You got to have a, you have to have established starters. And you have to have that established closer, you know, yeah. and, and you really, really need one. Right. You really just need one guy that throws gas like Gowan. <laughs> you kidding me?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I don't know that transition right there. I'd like to I'd like to talk to more people. I just I don't know if I've ever seen it other than at Georgia where people go. Well, obviously, you had Landon Sims, but just the, the, the rate at Georgia when we were doing it. I just, I just felt like it, something was off. I don't know. I just felt like something was off. Well, it, yeah. it
1: all goes back to your recruiting side of it, where you, you got to make sure. And, and in the state of Georgia, that's the part that always frustrated me. And Jonathan is like, high school baseball in Georgia is top tier, man. The, the the amount of talent that comes out of the state of Georgia, and when you're talking about baseball, college baseball, so much of the rosters at every school is built by their in state talent, right? Mm-hmm. You don't get that many guys from all over different states and stuff in baseball you kind of get your guys from your local states or your surrounding states kind of thing. And that they weren't able to consistently bring in those certified starters consistently. And right. they had to kind of make a plan a to just, yeah, they had to make a plan to, to fix it after that, you know, right. and then they have to pull from the bullpen.
3: Well, you know, just think about all of the local high schools in general. Like Cartersville High School was ranked as like one of the top five high schools in the country this year for baseball. And then Parkview, that's another team that always is loaded with talent. Lowndes County, Loganville, Cherokee Bluff right down the road from me. They've got a lot of talent. They've got a kid that's going to Mississippi State this next year. I mean, there's Houston County. That's another um, school in the state of Georgia. that They're just always pumping out big Yeah, they literally the state of Georgia is littered with high school baseball talent. It's the same thing that we football. It's the same way. Basketball it's the same way. It's the same thing for baseball. So if you can just tap into that, if you can get just a few more kids that are going to Mercer or are going to Florida down the road or South Carolina up north a little bit. If you can just get a few more of those kids to stay in Athens and just come up up the road or down the road, wherever they're from in Georgia and stay there. That's a difference maker in a program. And I think that's why it's huge that Georgia went with a guy that is an established pitching coach because George, college baseball specifically, in my opinion, as a spectator is very much an offensive game, just because you there a lot of guys can hit. There's a lot of people, yeah. you know, you go to high school games, it's the same way pitchers can hit. There's pitchers that rake in the college and in high school because they've done it their entire life. That's what they're born to do. And so if you can just get two or three guys that are viable starters that can go in there and shove, for six innings. That's a difference maker in college. That is huge for you to be able to do that because not a lot of programs have that privilege to be able to do that, to have three guys that they can count on every single week. Like Anytime you got a weekend series, like you get a weekend series against Florida, you got your three guys that you know you can count on and you can go in there and you know for a fact that they are going to give you six really solid innings and you're going to be in the ball game late in the game every single time. But if you don't have that then it's just like you said, Jeremiah, it's kind of a crapshoot there in the end where you're just kind of like, man, yeah. we got a three run lead, but we're just hoping it sticks. But we're yeah. not very sure it is. We're just kind of tossing and turning and see what happens.
2: Right. Uh, another thing is, I mean, you, you look at Georgia and you, and you I love Field. You know, I want to play there since I was eight. But I mean, I went to AM, I went to Arkansas. I went to LSU. I went to Vanderbilt. I went to Kentucky. I mean, it's just not even close, man. And what do these high school kids want? Right, what are these blue chip recruits? Right, as you call them in football, blue chip recruits mm-hmm. in baseball. Dude, show me the show me the facilities. Show 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 me it. Show me it. And I think, like Josh Brooks is doing, forty five million bucks. Yep. That's yep. a lot of. That's a chunk of change to throw into Foley Field. And I think I think they're going to do a good job. I don't I don't know how true to the designs that you've seen. I've only seen like two pictures. I haven't really seen. I've seen like the locker room yeah. and the the new um, like concourse and right field. Right, bullpen, But that's all I've seen. But I think that's going to help tremendously to uh, just upgrading Foley Field to 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 the max and making it one of the best places to play in the SEC. We've talked about that
1: a lot on this show uh, between baseball and, and basketball. Like if you want these programs to be a, at a, a national competitive type level, you've got to put money into it. Uh, and we were actually just talking about this the other day where putting that money into the baseball program is exactly what you want to do right now. Like that's that's what you, you've got to build it up and make it – like right. the frills and all the stuff like that isn't necessarily what it's all about. But you can't tell me there's a single high school kid that's going to – go into the facility and see this brand new stuff right 45 million dollars worth of new stuff in there and all that and not be kind of wowed by it exactly. or versus going into a place that may not be top tier and then going to a place that is a national powerhouse baseball team that pumps money into their program uh, like there's and there's several of them in the SEC think about how much like the facilities and stuff that Vanderbilt has and yeah they've been you know national champions a lot in that sport I get it but think about the facilities and stuff that they have that they go see that and then they come to Foley Field and they're like, all right, that was pretty cool over there. Like it still leaves an indent like an imprint in your mind. Mm-hmm. And whether or not it's your final decision making thing, it could help. Like it doesn't hurt. I can tell you that much right now.
2: Would you I mean, would you rather play in front of fourteen thousand fans or fifteen hundred fans? Yeah. I, mean, at the end that, of the day, I think that's almost, the
1: biggest thing. They've got to start. Oh, they've got like they really need to open more seats of it because Georgia fans. I I do think Georgia fans would show up for absolutely. it, uh, especially yeah. if your team starts competing a little bit better too. Like you you you. But right now you limit it to very very low number of fans, and right. it's just Look, it's not oh, as
3: exciting. I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you that they'll show up because I went to a few tennis matches this year. And they're packing out the tennis, the stands at the tennis complex. Right. So Georgia fans are itching for anything that is good and competitive. The tennis, both yeah. men's and women's teams were competitive in tennis. If you get the baseball team competitive, which they were competitive this year, like, don't get me wrong, they weren't bad by any means. I went to several games myself. I went to the game where they clobbered Tennessee. Like, they had potential to beat anybody on any given day. Like, they had the talent all across the field. It was just a little bit of inconsistency. But I mean, if you get some consistency into the, into the program people are going to show up dog fans are itching to go see anything and everything athletic. So right.
1: they'll absolutely show up for baseball games.
3: No,
2: no, keep going. Keep going. I had a thought it was good, but I lost it. So it's gone. I've got, <laughs> no, you're good. I've
1: got a question uh, that I want to put up real quick for you. Cause I know we've talked about this with him too. Uh, Dan, this is your chance. I put you on the screen first of all. So remember this, uh, got a question for you. If, if the, if, he were a, at a college program and they brought in a legendary high school coach. Would you respect that as much as a college assistant? So like, think about your team. Say so you were still at Georgia right now and they made this change from Scott Strickland and they went and got a, uh, a high school an established high school coach to Ooh. come into the program versus going out and getting, uh, you
2: know, who they got right now. I think that that's such a, I think that's such a tough question, right? Because, I, would, I mean, he'd have to. He's your coach, right? And if you decided to stay and and you decided to play for him, then I think, and he's established, I hope that he would. Hmm, I gotta, I gotta think. I gotta think. I would, I would respect him if he was my coach. I'm not gonna be disrespectful to my coach on purpose. Right. If you're kidding me? Would I be a little on edge about how is this? How is this gonna play out? Right? And then obviously you go through fall camp and you get a good sense of of, of a coach, man. First couple of weeks, first couple of weeks, yeah. before, you're like, does he have it or not? Is he is he a dude or not? So yeah, I wouldn't have a problem if that's what the administration felt like was the right path, and they saw something in him that maybe I didn't see. It's not my job to put the coach on the field. It's my job to play baseball, right? Yeah. And at the absolutely. end, absolutely. He's your coach, so I would, I'd would respect him. I think it's tough, though. I think that's that's a good question.
3: I mean, yeah, I it's think it's tough. tough. Go ahead, Thomas. I think it's tough anytime bringing in a new coach because, you know, me, I went through three head coaches in four years for basketball my high school year. You know, I had one for my first two years. I had one for my third year. He left right after his first year and then I had another one in my senior year. So like anytime a new guy's coming into the building, it's hard, you know, going through summer practice with a guy that is like, man, we just got to know the first coach and now we have to build a whole new relationship with this guy. Now I know my circumstance is very different, very, very different. Cause most times college coaches are not being fired after one or two years or leaving after one or two years in most circumstances, but just in general, you know, building that connection with a coach, it does take time. But you know, even though I had three of them, like every time they set foot into the building, I approach it with the same way, Josh, you know, I I'm going to respect him until maybe he proves me otherwise that I shouldn't or that I shouldn't trust him. But He's in charge of me. He he wanted to come here. He chose to come here. He he right. believed in this program, so I should believe in him. At least, you know, give him my trust for now Wait, until, it's like it's I said, he told me right the to bridge.
2: Now to start, I think that's where yeah. I think that's how you have to approach it. Just, I right, I I'll give you this one, but you got to show me. Just like I have yeah. to show you, right? It's it's a it's a two way street, right? Absolutely. Yep. I think that kind of playing off that with Wes Johnson bringing in a guy who knows how to win. He knows how to recruit. He's seen what, um, you know, a winning culture and, and winning facilities. So I think he's going to do yeah. exactly. And I hate to do this, but like it's like the perfect uh, comparison. What Kirby did when he came in, he said, no, we're, this is not how you do it to win. That's not how you do it to win. This is how you have to do it to win. And hopefully West Johnson can bring that to Georgia baseball and, you know, put some banners up on that wall.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's one of the things, like what you said a second ago, you got to trust the administration on the decision that they made it, this coaching staff. Because one thing that we've learned about Josh Brooks since he's taken over as the AD is he knows how to go out and hire new coaches. He did a phenomenal job. With with Mike White as well, and, and so far that that's looking really good. He's recruiting really well. Uh, he's turning, he's winning already. First year, winning more games. You know, it's it's I mean, not taking him much time at all to kind of turn the program you know, think, uh, into the, the, soccer, the right direction.
2: You know, women's soccer, they got they got a USC coach track. They got the yeah. USC track and field. coach. Yep. And, you know, I just don't, I don't think Josh Brooks plays around. Only plays. No. So
1: with that, you've got to trust the fact that they know what they're doing. And so when they make the decision, if it was a high school coach, that means if, if me as a fan, I would sit back and go, you know what? At this point, Josh Brooks has given me nothing to doubt as far as his administrative abilities of going and hiring a new coach. So I'm going to trust it as a fan and and we'll see how it plays out. Now, obviously, if things go bad, guess what? I mean, Tom Cream was only here for a couple of years, had to get him out. Yeah. If, if it's not working, you got to make that move, kind of thing. So uh, you got to give them a few years to kind of build it.
2: In college, you got to recruit. You got to let those guys age. You got to give them five, five, six years, man. Like, realistically, right? Two recruiting site, two like full yeah. re- recruiting cycles, like freshman to senior, you know? So that's how I feel. Like, five to six years this is how you're going to determine is are we on the right path or is, oh, no, are we back to square one? You know? And
1: I think with, with baseball is one of those sports, too, that like, Honestly, in the next two to three years, you should be making the tournament, right? Like you should be able, because all you got to do is go out and get a. like we talked about earlier, go get a couple of those starters. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, if he's not doing a lot after two or three years, he's gone. I think you're right. Give him five, six years, something like that to, to really show that he's able to elevate the program. But we should be able to see some results within the next two to three years. We should be trending upward that's that's what you want to see and then you can give him the next two to three years after
2: that to prove you know prove that you can win in six years he's already ahead of where Mm -hmm. i hate to say where we were in the past you know so
1: yeah absolutely well i think we're all kind of excited to see what takes baseball or what georgia baseball goes on to moving forward um, but we will obviously talk more about Georgia baseball throughout the offseason at times, and then when the baseball season rolls around, we'll we'll definitely talk a little bit more about that. Next thing on the on the topic list is in the title, and it's more NIL controversy, and it's all circulating right now around the new NCAA football game that's supposed to come out in 2024. It's about how much money these players are going to make from the game, right? They're gonna get paid on their name, image, and likeness. And Josh. You're you're the one that suggested the topic about this this morning when we were talking, so I'm gonna kick it over to you and, and let you start us off.
2: Right. So like, I've had I think maybe we did a segment on NIL mm-hmm. last time, and I've been very like prominent or um, adamant about it's not the school's responsibility to pay these kids. I don't. They're already getting scholarships. You're getting a free. You're getting free tuition. You're getting meals. You're getting room and board. You're getting yada 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 yada. Right. But if Gatorade wants to give Bryce Young fifteen million dollars, why should the NCAA even why, what, what what do they have to say about that? They, it's not even you. It's not even you. It has nothing to do with you. So just if companies want to invest in these kids, I think that's totally cool. I just don't think the University of Georgia should be giving out you know whatever 10000 $10, bucks a month to people to to certain players. I think that's where you would run into just uh, I don't even want to, I can't even imagine what Kirby and all these college coaches have to deal with right now. It's tough. In regards to NCAA 24, like I said, Stoddard hit me up earlier today, and I was like, yeah, man, I was on the toilet, and I literally I, – I raged. I was like, you're getting 500 bucks, and our generation, that's the only game I played. Yeah. So oh, I yeah. would sit right there on you know, those TVs that were the, the size of couches. <laughs> the old box TVs, man. Yeah, the big old box TVs, man. <laughs> I was sit right there. And I'm like, you're playing college football. They're gonna pay. They're gonna give you money to be in the game, and you're in a you're in a video game. Something that every athlete, no matter from the what from the time you figure out what a video game video game is, you're like, dude, I want to be in a video game. Are you kidding me? I can't even imagine to be. I was talking to my coworker today. I was like, dude, imagine being on the cover of Madden. Mm. Just just legendary. Just are you kidding me? There's been 26 of them, and you're one of 26 people ever to grace the cover of a video game. So. I think these kids should just take the money. Uh, I had a tweet earlier today. Some, some. I think part of the problem is these people who, who are telling these kids, "Hey, don't, don't do that. Don't do that." Well, dude, you were not in the same position mm-hmm. as him. Were you, this wasn't even around. This wasn't even a thought when, when you were in college. If you were in college playing sports, so I think the kids should just take the money, run. Right. Maybe if I, if I'm NCAA, I think every just give the team every team that's in the game give every player on the team a copy of the game every year. That's how I would do it. Every year, you get you get 500 bucks every year and you get a copy of the game. And I don't know I don't I don't see any problem with that. EA is EA's is no different than Gatorade. EA is no different than uh, Nike. They are a company. They have you have, you can't tell EA what to do. If EA if EA doesn't want to do it, they'll just be like, "All right, then we're not making the game." And that would be I would cry. I think. I mean, that would be
3: I think what's crazy, too, is to talk about these players wanting to hold out because like because it's just like you said, Josh, like you are getting paid just for your name to be in a freaking video game, like something that no other college football player has ever gotten to experience. No other college football player prior to you has gotten any sort of money, not even a dollar or a penny to their name to have anything legally legally. legally to have their name put in a video game. Now, I know it's kind of minuscule that it's just your name really, but it's all, I mean, heck, it's your name, image, and likeness that they're using in this football game. And they're wanting to give you 500 bucks. I mean, what did most of us do when we get a new sports video game? We want to go make ourselves. We want to go put our name into the video game. We want to make ourselves. We want to get all the drip. We want to look swaggy and we want to look cool. They're going to do that for you. They're going to make you already in the game. And then they're going to say, oh, and here's 500 bucks for you doing nothing other than being a college athlete, being a college football player. So the fact that there's some of these athletes saying, "Like, oh, well, I'm way more, worth way more than $500. Well, look, here's my thought. If you're over here arguing over $500 about a college football game, maybe you need to re- like kind of reevaluate yourself and your worth in NIL. Because if this is the battle that you are picking, clearly – Some of you're losing clearly you are losing other businesses aren't valuing either if you're arguing over 500 bucks because you're probably not getting money from anywhere else if this is the hill that you're wanting to die on. So it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like I'm with you, Josh, like take your 500 bucks, be in a freaking video game for every little kid to use you with your name and move on, man. Like live the life that everybody wants to live.
2: I, I like I couldn't imagine if Stetson Bennett was saying, he was like, I'm going to hold out. Like, dude, everyone oh. in the state of Georgia would buy the game and play as you. Yeah. What do you complain? Like, there's nothing to complain about, dude. Like I said, take the money, run, play the game. Especially, like think about like p- prominent
1: players, right? Like, because it, it, it's definitely it's not your it's not your second string offensive lineman that's going to be saying they're going to hold out of this, right? Like it it's it's going to be because once again they're going to be like, hey, that's cool, my name's in the game, I'm going to get to you know play as this team, I'm going to get to see my my name on a video game, hear them call it, all that kind of stuff. It's the reason that like the my player stuff in MLB in Madden, all that stuff. It's the reason that those game modes are the most played game modes of it because guess what, you get to build your character, put your in the game. So, it, right. it, once again, it's not going to be the, the backups that are doing this. And also, by the way, they're not even going to be able to put every single player of every team in there because there are 120 different uh, FBS teams that have agreed to participate in it. Let's think about the numbers of that right now. Even if they just did scholarship athletes, which I think is like 86 on a roster, right? Is that the scholarship count? 85? 85. 86? 85. 85 right? With, say it's 85. That means it is. I did the math on this earlier. If I and sorry if I'm wrong, if someone to correct me. It's over five million dollars worth of stuff going out to these players. Just at five hundred dollars per player, they can't pl- pay the quarterback at one team higher than another. They can't like they have to pay everybody equally. So if mm-hmm. you think you're worth three thousand dollars, well, guess what? That number from five million goes up to
2: way way higher at that point. And it, it would be it would be foolish for them to. To to bargain with these kids, I I mean, if I was EA, then they're they're gonna start. The, I'd be like, whatever, I'm just not gonna make. Yeah, it. I mean, just think like, about it. Yeah. Like,
3: it's it's what Stoddard's saying is like, say Brock Bowers, for example, is like, well, I I think I myself am worth five thousand dollars. If you want to use my name in this video game, I think I'm worth five thousand dollars. Well, Caleb Williams over there in California is like, hold on, I just won the Heisman last year. So if Brock Bowers is over there getting three or five thousand dollars, then I should be getting like ten thousand dollars, and it's just the triple
2: right. effect. And the thing is, is like, dude, if you're Caleb Williams, I probably he doesn't care. He's about to be. He's about to make forty million dollars yeah, exactly. in less than a year. You honestly think he cares about five? Do you think he cares about getting five thousand bucks from EA? No. Yeah, no, well, no. And I don't think any of these prominent kids. So I, I'd like to find out who these kids are that are speaking up because I promise you, there's just no way it's the faces of college football that are saying this because. They know in less than a year, if they're draft eligible, they're they're millionaires. Well, and think about no, no like think about player. Like there's there's a
1: Tennessee quarterback that got a eight million dollar NIL deal to go to the school. I mean, if, right. if he's holding out over five hundred dollars, like man, first of all, you should with that much you money to play. Come play football in college, you should be going to the NFL and getting drafted pretty high. And also, that's
2: eight million dollars already. <laughs> they better win you three national championships.
1: <laughs> I mean, seriously. Like that's the stuff that that makes it crazy. And and this is the funny part, right? Speaking on that, when you're talking about guys potentially going to the NFL and all that, well, do they realize that if they go to the NFL and they'll be put in Madden, they knew they know they don't get paid for that, right? Madden doesn't pay the players. Did y'all know that? Oh, really? Madden I didn't know does that. not pay the players. They pay the NFLPA, the Players Association, and the Players Association divvies that money out to former players that are retired and other things like that. It goes towards that
2: it's like part of the pension. Yeah, it goes
1: into that type of money, but they are not paid to be in the mm-hmm. game themselves. They will never see any of the money from Madden until they are somebody that's been in the league long enough to qualify for those benefits and stuff like that. So. That's Shocker all. for the for the guys in in college that want to be in the game or don't want to be in the game because they're only going to make five hundred dollars. If you go to the NFL, you're still not going to make money from the game directly. I mean, it, it's just how it works, and
2: right. that's life, dude. Life isn't fair. Amen. Life isn't fair. Well,
1: and at the end of the day, this is the thing. I think a lot of people have made the comment, and I've heard like what you're saying too, Josh. Well, they just won't make the game. Nah, I think NCAA will make the game, and guess what? You're going to just be Jimmy John the second. At quarterback for Clemson Instead of having your real name in there And so guess what You're going to be One of the few people on your team That's not on the game And all your
2: family And everybody around you Is going to be like
1: Why aren't you in the game Well they only wanted to give me 500 bucks So I didn't want to be in a video
2: game So you're telling me They're going to So You think that they're going to If someone says I want 10 grand They're going to be like Nope okay He's out Scratch his name off
3: I guess that's the only thing you can do Is if you're like If they don't want the money And they want to bargain more Like Then I guess Yeah you're going to be whatever like number 11 or you're gonna be number 15 like
1: in the old days guess what no matter if it's a completely auto-generated roster or not i'm playing that game i yeah no I, I, i honestly i personally i think it would be cool but guess what no ncaa game has ever had the players names and everything on there yes they were they tried to model them pretty similar and that's why the game stopped after a while i get it but they've never been the player, and guess what? You can do with that game in Madden, and you can do the same thing in the old ones. You can download rosters, man. You don't think people are going to make it and put you in the game and use you, anyways? I mean, take yeah. that's that's the part take that's crazy. It,
2: it's money, man, you shouldn't even get it. Take it, they, or like, you're not going to
1: get anything, and the game's still going to be made.
2: Right? Yeah, like, I don't know. That's interesting. Well, here's, here's well, I just did it, right? So there, you said 120 times, I did 85, yeah. right? So that's 10,200 athletes, right? Let's say 3,000 say, nah, I'm worth more. So now it's 7,200, right? Does that 500 go up? I don't think so. Or do, yeah, does yeah. So you I don't okay, think so, so, they so. they just stick it. Whoever wants in is in. I think out. that's yeah. that's
1: what they're offering. Because you got to think about this game too. The game it doesn't also just have to pay the player to this point. They have to do what they've always had to do, like stadiums and stuff like that have their own rights based on the cities. And like there was a, an example in in uh, uh, Madden that they actually there's I can't remember the stadium off the top of my head. There, there's a stadium they actually have to pay the city to be able to use that stadium and stuff because it doesn't belong to the team or anything like it. So the same kind of like, obviously in college, these stadiums belong to the universities and stuff like that, but they right. have to pay for the the stadium likeness and all that kind of stuff as well. And if, if you're stuck over 500 bucks, I promise you, they're still going to make this game and they're just going to make you some random auto-generated <laughs> player that, and, and at this point I, they will make sure it looks nothing like you and has nothing to resemble you. So you just will be completely out of the game.
2: Autonomous.
1: See it mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: that's
3: wild. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I would. Just, yeah. I would say like, see, like beforehand, the issue that I had with this whole thing was the colleges that were speaking out for their players already and saying like, we don't want to sign this. We don't want to do anything, anyways. Like, we don't want our player. We don't want our players being paid for this video game. We like because you said there's what 120 FBS schools starter that have signed to be in the video game or whatever. Well, there's what 132 FBS teams. So that's 12 colleges out there FBS college football programs that are saying like we don't want any part of this and so those are just going to be randomized and there's probably going to be some big schools that were that once that might be a little shocking or maybe not even shocking that you're going to get that video game on the first day it's releasing it's like hold up why is Clemson why are their players not in here like why is it a bunch of numbers when Georgia is over here with every single player every single number every single correct attribute and what's what so like that's the I that was the issue I have, but now it's uh, man, it's just it's just so infuriating that for the longest time, for like since 2013, we have all wanted the same thing. Everybody that is a college ball fan, college football player, yada yada yada. Everybody has wanted the same thing. We just want the game back. And everybody said for the longest time, like, we will do anything, just give us the game back. That's all we want. Just bring it back. And now we get the game back, and it's going to come out next summer. We're a year out from it. And this is what we're, this is what has come to is that like They've this. They've already is
1: delayed what, it. It was supposed yeah. to come out this summer in July. It
3: was supposed to come out this summer, but like it's just, it's just so infuriating that like we've waited this long and we all said that this is all we want. And now we're bickering over it again.
2: Yeah. I honestly don't. I like, like, uh, like Souters. I, I don't care. Yeah. Quit delaying. It's if, if, if I would either, I would give them a date, right? Just give them a deadline. Yeah. You want any we out? We're, it's coming out on the 25th of December. You want any out? Yeah. This, but I don't know about the schools. There's 12 schools. That's crazy. That's just free publicity, and you're getting paid yeah, for
1: it. But I, Why would you I don't it? know, man.
2: I really some don't know out there they
1: don't want I don't it. understand the, the, the logic behind that either. It, it really doesn't make sense to me. But, yeah, I, I mean, my thing is at this point, as college football fans, it, like you said, our especially our generation, we grew up playing that game so much, and we were still young when they stopped making it. So it was like – Want like we were all just so thirsty for the game to come back out and all that. It's gonna come back out. We're da- I'm, I'm buying the game no matter what. I, I don't care who's on or the cover. I don't care if they just put the college football championship trophy on the cover. I'm still buying the game. I'm not doing it for the players specifically. So I think that's where they're gonna find out that the you know their their pool may not be as much as they think it's gonna be because guess what? They'll still release that game and EA will make that's a cool. crap ton of money and just won't give it to you. That's all they're gonna Dude, do. It might be the,
2: uh, that game might. Be it might be the most so
1: game. It it's going to, it's going to blow up. It's absolutely going to blow up. And the, <clears> the <throat> thing is it, the, the issue is the college football players association, the CFBPA, is the one that they're orchestrating. And I, I don't know who all is like, you know, the leaders of that. I don't know, you know, all that stuff, but whoever it is and whoever's in charge of it and all the players that are, you know, representatives for it, those are, they're, they're the ones trying to orchestrate a holdout. So they're trying to do it. And I don't know, like, I mean, what if like, you you're just like dude i don't, y'all are going to ruin this for everybody else i just want to be in the game i just want my $500 like and, and i just want honestly keep the dang money put me in the game i don't care just like yeah. mm-hmm. there're going to be people out there like that and then there's just people that are thinking they're going to they need to make more money than that and i mean hopefully it doesn't mess up the game be- and hopefully it you know doesn't delay the the release date any longer than it's already been cuz like i said all college football fans and they're just thirsty for it
2: no matter what it is at yeah. this point yeah I don't even think it's college football fans. I think it's just video game people like sports games, and I just it's gonna be nuts. I think it's gonna be nuts. Yeah.
3: Well, you know, we wanted to get into another segment. We talked about doing buy sell college football teams, but we are 45 minutes in practically just talking off of baseball, and of course, this nil deal. So I think we're going to call it there, unless Josh or Stoddard. You guys got anything else you want to add into this? I think I'm good. I think we've said. I think we said enough. He shows up with the, Yeah, how it's about awesome. those dogs? That's what that's what it's all about. We appreciate you guys for showing up tonight. The comment section was active as always. We appreciate all of you guys that show up. Josh, we appreciate you coming on again and talking to, up with us. I, we always like to bring in new perspective, especially in a conversation like this where we didn't play college sports, we specifically did not play college baseball. So it's always great to get some insight from a guy that lived that, especially at the University of Georgia, and that was a hot topic. So that's we know that we had to bring on. you in, especially someone That also is a listener of ours, a big fan of ours. So we always got to show love to you. So we appreciate you coming on here. And Stoddard, you get to, oh wait, before I do that, like and subscribe before you head on out. You got to do all that stuff. Help us out, help us continue to grow. Almost forgot my duties of doing all the shout outs and helping us grow, whatever. (laughs) So yeah, like and subscribe before you leave. and, And now Stoddard, you can close us out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. As always guys, keep it classy in the classic city and we will see you next week.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Classic City Sports. Take a second to subscribe, rate, review, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to reach out to the Classic City Sports crew on Twitter with any topics you'd like discussed. You can reach out to Jeremiah at the Stodfather, to Jonathan at Dr. Underscore J Will, and make sure to follow at Classic City Pod for show updates. Check back next week for a brand new episode. In the meantime, two words which express the sentiments of the entire Bulldog nation.